American Craftsman Podcast is proud to partner with Montana Brand Tools. The West was built by people with strength and great pride in their workmanship. It was a necessity that early settlers of Montana have a strong will, a resilient character, and great determination to tame the rugged landscape while adapting to its dramatic climate. That spirit, made in the USA pride and craftsmanship, is alive today, both in how Montana Brand Tools are manufactured and how they perform. Montana Brand Power Tool accessories are manufactured utilizing proprietary, state-of-the-art CNC machining equipment and the highest quality materials available. Montana Brand Tools are guaranteed for life to be free of defects in material and workmanship because we build these tools with pride and determination. Montana Brand Tools are manufactured by Rocky Mountain Twist, located in Ronan, Montana. Montana Brand's heritage comes from a long line of innovative power tool accessories. Use coupon code AmericanCraftsman for 10% off your order at MontanaBrandTools.com. Well, 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 welcome. Episode 51. Yeah. The American Craftsman Podcast. One away from a year. Yeah, coming up episode 52, the one-year anniversary. Yeah, my how time flies. Yeah, and uh, the unofficial two-year anniversary of Green Street, what do you know, is uh, I guess today. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. We were probably working on one of those, like, Mylan or something like that. Yeah. That wedding veil painted. Uh, yes. Yes, that was the color. Like 12 foot, 12 feet tall with a <laughs> yeah. transom cabinet between. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. 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 That, that's, you know, what, was that a Facebook reminder or, or yeah. just the photos? I got a thing. It's like you started a new job two years ago. That's wild. Owner-operator at Green Street Joinery. Hey, the, the cricket's back. I have so many crickets down here now. It's insane. Yeah. It sounds like they move closer. Well, you know, they want to get in on the action. Lou's going to come over and, t- and get rid of them. That's what I heard. Yeah. I, you know, Lou, he was off on Friday golfing, of mm-hmm. all things. Then he was off yesterday, Monday. Well, does he nice. work anymore? Must be nice. Was he up in the Catskills? Yeah. <laughs> I'd, Camping? I'd, I'd have a couple of jokes there, but they'd be edited out <laughs> by, by the censors. <laughs> well, we got a we got a, a pretty light one today, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're gonna have a retrospective next week. Yeah. Yeah. We just threw away all the old files. Yeah. Uh, the I thought the, that was singular, the old file. File, yeah. <laughs> was, no, was like, Everything was just compiled was, into one, one file. One folder. It was one folder. Yeah, 2019 <laughs> to 2021. <laughs> hey, where's DW. the... Uh, I'm looking for the EIN. Yeah, it's in the, it's in the file. <laughs> that was some system. Yeah. <laughs> have scraps of paper in there with measurements written on them. <laughs> Oh, you know, I was wondering what the door, what size door, what was the size of the rail on the yeah. on the top left cabinet on the, on Mendelssohn, the Mendelssohn kitchen? Yeah. Oh, it's in the file. How'd we cut that plywood up? That's what I want to know. But the important stuff, like... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where's our EIN? Yeah. Not to be found. Or, Here's a receipt from Rira in yeah. Las Vegas. A paper receipt. Oh God, yeah, anyway. that was that was. I mean, it wasn't an eye opener because we knew it, but it was. 
it was quite a bit of reinforcement, wasn't it, when we went through our our files? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> we straightened out our file sweet. folders a couple of weeks ago, and it was it was quite a show. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What happened to the filing cabinet? That that left with the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we pushed yeah. that thing into the trail. An good entire rooms. filing cabinet full of basically nothing. Yeah. Oh man. Well, all this talking about DW is making me want a beer. Yeah. We got this week's. We beer don't of the mean week. Coors Light. Definitely not. So this week we got a little beer called Staycation. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I could use a staycation. <laughs> That's about the only kind of cation we get. <laughs> we don't even get one of those. No. Only <laughs> That's called Sunday around here. Yeah. And even then we're working. <laughs> get a little beer vision 2.0. Yeah. Staycation. So this is a, a beer by Magnify Brewing, which is a New Jersey brewery. Um, lemonade and iced tea sour. Now, I have to admit that uh, a couple weeks ago, I actually drank one of these. Brewed and can in Fairfield, New Jersey by Magnify Brewing, LLC. Craft brewed in Fairfield, New Jersey. Sour ale brewed with lactose, lemon, and tea. 6% alcohol by volume. Let me see. I'm going to get beer vision for the poor. This is where I wish I had my mouse. Whoop. Whoop. Here we go. I was thinking maybe we got to come up with a new uh, glass design for a second season. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. What about one of those glasses that are like the old-fashioned, kind of like conical, you know, and they flare up like a trumpet shape? Not like a champagne kind of glass. Mm, no, not like champagne, but because that's like a flute. Well, they have those like the 1920s kind of champagne glasses. Oh, the one, so I'm thinking the one that kind of like comes up and then goes out like that. And it has like a, like a bowl at the bottom almost? Yeah, yeah. Like a tulip glass? Yeah, yeah. Like a snifter that flares out at the top? Yeah. Yeah, that's called a tulip glass. All right. Well, oh, we're still in beer vision. I'm asleep at the wheel. There we go. Oh, we go. <laughs> well, cheers. Yeah, let's do the clink. Pour it nice and slow. Cheers Get to you the guys. Whole thing in there. Yeah, I still got some. Yeah. Well, you were doing the camera and everything. <sighs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. No slush punch. That's yeah. I mean, that's gonna be hard to top. Yeah, it is good though. So maybe for our retrospective episode, we bring back our favorite beer, which is probably because we have short memories too. Is a slush punch. Yeah, I think there's one slush punch in there because I did drink one. Mm-hmm. Did it come as six or no? It came four. as four. Yeah. For the retrospective, we're gonna have to drink all the beer that's in the fridge right now. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> That's going to be a good show. There's probably about 35 beers in there. Of all varying... Uh, quality. And, well, no, well, no well, they're the all good, good quality, yeah. I still have Yingling in, Yingling in there from Hunter's birthday party. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. But aside from that... 
Yeah, there's a lot of beer. It's actually, it's getting to the point where I, I can't fit much more. <laughs> I have to have some kind of party. Yeah. I'm going to have to go somewhere and have a party here that I don't have yeah, to Yeah, that you don't have to, yeah. yeah. Or maybe, like, you agree to go somewhere over one of these weekends and just show up with about, you know, a mixed case of beer. Mm. Yeah, but I'm not going to be going to any, any events where it's going to be more than, like, four people. That's okay. You know, you show up with 24 mixed beers. Here you go. Hope you got room for these. <laughs> this is your problem now. That's right. That's like Tupperware. I had Tupperware that I, br- that, you know, if I have to bring something to uh, someone's house, and I'll just I'll leave it. Yeah. I'm like yeah. They're like, oh, here, let me clean. I'm like, no, no, no. no. You can get, that's you yours, can or you that. can just throw it away. <laughs> I brought that so I don't have to worry about taking it home. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you can see when we have people come over, Andrew wants to get rid of everything. She'll, she'll, well, you know, <laughs> she's like, hey, hey, Jeff, does Hunter have eat carrots? Because I bought three bags of carrots. <laughs> carrots? No, he's allergic. <laughs> you got, you got to learn to cut that stuff off at the at the first <laughs> inkling that that there's some kind of take home at the end of it. Well, it's funny. <laughs> Everything that she always offers, I already have at home anyway. Yeah. So luckily, I don't even have to lie. Yeah. She's like, do you need any lemons? I'm like, I got lemons. Yeah. I'm like, my wife does the same thing you do. She buys too much shit, and then yeah. it rots before we can use it. That's right. Carrots? I got probably got six bags of carrots in the fridge yeah. of varying varying ages. Yeah. I know. That's what my, my wife sees any visitor as a chance to like. Get, get rid of something. Yeah. Because she's bu- she buys too much stuff. She'll go to Costco, you know, and she'll buy, like, the guacamole. But those big things of guacamole. They go brown. Yeah. Like, and it comes in a three-pack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She did. She pawned some gu- guacamole yeah. off on me a couple times. <laughs> she's like, Hunter likes guacamole, right? I'm like, yeah. uh, you got to have it. You, you didn't gotta, answer yeah, fast. You have to be quick. Yeah, you get caught on the spot. She set me up with a whole laundry detergent, the yeah. whole thing. Oh yeah, it was like three different products. Oh yeah, she's she's quite evangelical about laundry. Yeah. She catches you using dryer sheets. Sometimes she goes, "I smell dryer sheets." I'm like, "Yep." I put about six of them in there when I dry my clothes. Yeah, she's she's anti dryer sheets. I buy the bounce in like the like the eight inch tall box. <laughs> means I don't have to fold my clothes so quick. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's oh, some funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got Tool of the Week. All right. Now, do a little bit of shameless plugging this week. Good. Uh, my Tool of the Week this week is this, I don't know, unnamed product here. We never named it. Yeah. But this is a Green Street invention. Let me, uh, you can't even see it. Let me uh, switch over to tool cam. That's what we need. We need yeah. we need another camera, and that'll be tool cam. Now, you imagined and designed that. I mean, you, you brought that up out of thin air. Yeah, so um, if you're not watching, I better say what it is. This is an 8-ounce bottle of Titebond, and this is a 3D-printed uh, belt clip. So you can put this on your on your pants pocket, on your belt, on your tool, tool belt, belt, on your apron, whatever. Um, you know, you could hook it. I've hooked it to like the 
the skinny aluminum rung on the ladder, mm-hmm. like on the backside of a stepladder. So you want to take a look at it. You see it on the on the YouTube video. Um, but this is 3D printed. I, I mean, I, I'm, I have the printer running, you know, right next door, another side of the basement. So um, you take off the top. It goes over the collar. You tighten it back down. It's purposely, you know, low profile. So it doesn't become a, a, a an encumbrance, you know, because... Yeah. You you want to try and keep this slim form factor. That's why you use this small bottle. Um, now we also have them for the 16 ounce bottles, which is a different design altogether, but same sort of idea. That one's a little bit bigger because um, you know the bottle's just bigger anyway. Yeah. So the nice thing about this is you know you're up on a ladder or you're working doing um, a lot of small repetitive glue ups. You just hook this thing onto whatever you got. Yeah. I, I hook this to the front of my apron or my back pocket. Um, or if I'm wearing tool bags or tool belt, I'll hook it, I'll hook it on that. Um, and it keeps it off of your work surface where a, it's going to be in the way yeah. and B, um, you know, you lose track of as stupid yeah. as it sounds, you lose track of this thing. That's what I was going to say when you're doing like, even like something like dominoes where, you know, you're putting it, down, picking it up, putting it down, picking it up. How many times do you knock over the stupid bottle yeah. when you put it on your work surface mm-hmm. or forget if you put it on the left, on the right? I like having that muscle memory. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, like, you know, you're doing a glue up and uh, you're gluing up something over here. And this time you put your glue on, then you put it down here and you're doing this. And then the next time you put it over here and you're look, you know, it's if it's here, it's just glue back here, mm-hmm. glue back right to the same spot. So, you know, do you keep your pencil in the same spot? Do you keep your tape yeah. measure in the same spot? <laughs> we do. It's the same. Yeah. I mean, I think most people, most people do, especially people who wear tool belts. I mean, all right. that stuff. If you're doing production trim, this is like, yeah, this is great. You know, Frank from Carpenter 1-3, he's a big fan of these. Um, we've sold a lot of them. So, yeah. you know, uh, people seem to like them. It's a... It's one of those things that you don't realize can help you until you have it and start to integrate it. Right. Man, I've been on tool cam the whole time. (laughs) It's one of those things that uh, I I always wonder to myself, like, how come nobody else thought of this before Mm -hmm. we did? Because it just seems like such a natural thing. Like, how come glue bottles don't have belt clips? Right. Tape measure's got a belt clip. Exactly. And most people don't even clip it to a belt. They're putting it into a pouch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can find this on our website, greenstreetjoinery.com. We have uh, a bunch of other 3d printed stuff and we're actually, we're gearing up to try and get this on Amazon because, uh, you know, we want to get it in front of a, a, a good amount of people. Yeah. As many people as possible. Yeah. So try one out tell your friends. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and if you got a good name, let <laughs> that, us know what it is. That's it. A naming contest. Yeah, the that's Green Street we- Glue Clip. <laughs> And it's green. Green yeah. street green. Yeah, that's no accident. This is on type on one. I don't like type on one. This is just for demonstration purposes. Don't judge me. <laughs> I, it, I, it looks nice on a on a type on three. Because you got green and green. I use type on one. Actually, I like type on two, I think, is my favorite. Yeah, the blue one. Blue, yeah. 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 But uh I I'll use type on one in a pinch. Yeah, try it out. But we recycle the bottles. That's it. You know, we buy it in a bigger yeah. Gallon jug and fill up the little mm-hmm. bottles. And for us in the shop, most times we're using the 16 ounce. Um, yeah. But for me on 
like on job sites and stuff, that's a that's a great size. Yeah, it's nice to, to bring out too. It's small. The cap close is nice. It doesn't uh, doesn't get all cruddy. Yeah, and I'll in the shop. I I have a bunch of that size, and those I kind of keep as like uh, like the nicer glue bottles. The mm -hmm. sixteen ounce ones come up doing panel glue ups and big you know tables, countertops, stuff like that. Because obviously you need more glue. Yeah. But these are nice because if you use them for like let's say you're gluing up moldings or something, it's more delicate, less messy. And you clean the tip, and they mm -hmm. go back, and they stay clean, and they yeah. have a good flow. So, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of remember when this whole thing was imagined and uh, came to fruition. Yeah, first it was a quick and thick uh, cap, which we, uh, if you use type on quick and thick, we have replacement caps for that that are tethered. We have a combination that's that same clip with a tethered cap to it, mm -hmm. so it's like a two and one. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how I thought of this, but I was just thinking of other things for glue bottles, I think. Yeah. Um, and we have some other stuff on there too. A little brush holder, stuff like that. That's right. But that's, that's the big boy. Yeah. That, that's the one that had the most traction. Uh, we can see why. Yeah. Because that we and use the, quick, it the, most. the quick and thick, uh, yeah. The quick and thick is, it's good, but I, I've only heard of, of a handful of them breaking, but 3D printing isn't really the best manufacturing process for something no. that goes, the, having a thin plunger that goes inside the bottle. Um, so it's not something that we're, we're still selling them, but I don't want to push it because it's kind of like a beta, it's still like a beta test kind of product. Yeah, because even their caps, which are probably injection molded, or mm -hmm. they those t tips... You know, it'll even break off in there when they get stuck with glue. This is sour. It is, isn't it? It's like lemon juice sour. Yeah. I can taste the tea. Yeah. Like an Arnold Palmer. I love an Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Let's see. What's this eBay guy got to say? $30 per set. We bought new Makita, labeled as new Makita batteries. Um... But they came a little bit dinged up. Yeah, they looked like they were not new. Generally about $30 per set. So since you bought two sets, about $60 credit. Or I could send another 5.0 new open box. Or we have some 2.0 open box and could do two of those. No, we don't want 2.0s. They sell for $30 per set. But we paid $100 per set. I don't think I like that math. Maybe he's talking about that's what he would give us as a discount, as a rebate, refund. No. No, he said. Sorry to. Uh, I guess this isn't boring. We bought Makita batteries off of, off of eBay, labeled as new, two pack of 5.0s for 100, 110 bucks or whatever it was, or 105, I think we paid. They came, and they definitely looked like they weren't new. So this guy is saying, what happened to the message? Why is it showing this new message? I said, how much are the batteries we received going for? 
generally about $30 per set. So since you bought two sets, about $60 credit, or I could send another 5.0 new open box, or we have some 2.0 open box and could do two of those. So he's saying the used batteries are selling for $30 a set because he thinks because we're saying he sent us used ones. Unless he means that they sell for 75 a set. Mm. We'll find out. Send him a question. It only took uh, this long to hear from him again. A week? Our William and Hussey wheel uh, rollers are out for delivery, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to strip that thing down and get it all powder coated. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's like you don't, there's not enough time for all this stuff. Yeah. You got to be a weekend warrior. I mean, the weekend comes, I need to like take a nap on like Saturday afternoon. I, I got to recharge. Yeah. My wife says, what are you going to do today? I'm like, I'm doing it right now on the couch. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> what are you going to make me do today? <laughs> I know. The best, I, you know what I like? And she'll say, she'll reel off about three or four things that she wants me to do. And I know it's going to take me about a half hour to an hour to do all those, but in her world, she's thinking that's an all-day thing. Mm -hmm. So she'll go out and... Then I'll do the chores. So when she comes back, it seems like I worked all day. <laughs> so, yeah, text me when you're coming home, and then that's when you start working. Yeah. Man, I've been at it since you left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we better get into these questions. All right. I uh, got our first one here from uh, our buddy Corey, one of our patrons, CT Woodwork on Instagram. Yeah, on Long Island. Yes, sir. Uh, what are some of your favorite shop organization tips? Oh, man. Those bins, for one. Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, make sure everything has a home. Yeah. Uh, that way you just put it back where where you got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for me, I, I like to have everything away into, like, a cabinet or a drawer or something because uh, once you start filling up the walls, you run out of places to lean things because you're always covering parts right. and yeah and uh, yeah then like you can't get to what's behind the the material. Um, if you have a giant shop, it's not as big of a deal because you could have all kinds of tables to stack material. But we have long material; it has to go, it has to lean up against the wall because yeah, you know the shop's only only so big. Um, so yeah, if you can get stuff into into rolling cabinets and uh, in your table saw station, stuff like that. I love that tool cabinet we just got. Yeah, because it's got all those shallow drawers. I'm a big fan of the shallow drawer. Yeah, um, because I I don't like the the deep drawer. Things get. Only, yeah, it's only one layer, one layer of stuff right, in a drawer. Right, Because if you got to get to the bottom or you're pulling everything out. Right, because we have the that kind of deep drawer where we have, like, uh, tools, like a, the socket set. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, it, it's not so bad because we don't get into that stuff too often. But, but it was all, it's all piled up on top yeah, of each other. Yeah, yeah. Good luck finding a half inch. You need a half inch. 
open-ended wrench, you got to look <laughs> at all of them because, and not anymore, not, but no. that's. No. Speaking of which, we got to empty out that drawer. Yeah, with all the hand tools and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We'll find some other shit to put in there. Um, but as I was saying, I that little bin that we were talking about last week, the Schaller Corporation. Yeah, yeah, uh, that thing's awesome because there's it turned that drawer into twenty four separate little yep. compartments. That was the size we chose. It could have mm-hmm. been more or less depending on the the size of the bin, but. You, you open that drawer now, and everything's just laid out in front of you. Yep. All the different size screws, the little weird couplings. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all, that's all stuff from two different locations that are now consolidated in a drawer <clears throat> where a lot of that stuff we had up on the wall on those little mm-hmm. shelves. Yeah. And uh, same thing. The stuff on the top, there was things stacked up. You need the yeah. thing on the bottom. You got to pull the shit down. Then you got something leaning against there, long... Yeah cutoffs and stuff so yeah it uh it made it made a lot more organized and easy yeah so i i think we agree on these things we like drawers we like one layer we like even when you open the drawer everything's got a spot not like you not like your junk drawer in the kitchen right it's more like the utensil drawer in the Mm -hmm. kitchen where there's it's divided up into spots. And yeah, even like our, we have a drawer that has all the nailers, the nails, and uh, in the back there's just miscellaneous driver bits. But they're all standing up in their own little slot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all the individual nail sizes are in their own little bin. Um, speaking of which, we should look at the shaler and see if they got some bins for those. Oh, yeah. Because some mishmash at the wall and like a wooden thing and yeah, staples. Yeah, we could definitely use some more of those. Mm-hmm. They're cheap. Freddie told me he's got 300 of them. He's like, yeah, I got 300 in blue. I'm like, you know what? That does not surprise me. Because, you know, he's in uh, Massachusetts. so they're... Ah, so he knows the Shallow Corporation. Yeah. Yeah, Sal just bought a bunch. He, he uh, same thing as us, consolidated a bunch of junk yeah. into one drawer. And it feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, organization is paramount in the shop. All right, so we like drawers. We like bins. We like everything having a home. Those are all good tips. Yeah, I mean, I think that's about... And what about keeping things clean, too? I mean, I I like keeping the floor pretty clean. I don't like stepping on things. and. Yeah, I'm, uh, I kind of like let it get crazy and then clean up everything really yeah. well. To not interrupt the flow, you know, the workflow. But mm-hmm. once it starts becoming a noticeable uh, thing, that's when you got you just got to yeah. stop and clean. You know, one of my pet peeves, like, on the floor is, like, if there's, like, a little something and it's always on, you're working at the, a tool or a machine. Mm-hmm. You're stepping on <laughs> You it. keep stepping on this little, little thing. Yeah. <laughs> little cut off of, like, a face piece of face frame material. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hate that. The edge banding, little edge banding yeah. cutoffs, that stuff sucks. Uh-huh. Yeah, edge banding, um, all stuff that sticks to the to the mats. Mm-hmm. I'll walk past it, you know, five or ten times, and it's sort of like it's mocking me. Yeah, a little double piece of double-sided tape yeah. if you're doing stuff with that. I got to pick it up eventually. Um. So what else? What about, like, long-term storage? We're probably not the guys to ask on that one because it's yeah. pretty much a clusterfuck. 
Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we just keep cram. We're like the guys. You, you're not as experienced at this as I am, but when you ride the subway as a commuter, it would be so jammed, and you'd come to a stop, and the doors open, and you go, there's no way anybody else can get on this train. Please, nobody else get on. And, like, three people will, like, wedge their way in. In Japan, they push you in. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way our long-term storage is. It's like we're full up, then we'll get something else. Yeah. We're like, this William and Hussey's going to go in the shed. <laughs> and we'll just wedge it in. Yeah. So, like, oh, if we just move this over here and put it on top yeah. of this thing, then we could fit a whole baker scaffold in yeah. here. That's and four uh, bins of blankets. Uh, <laughs> we won't take no for an answer. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna force this thing in there. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, we should address that before uh, wintertime hits. <laughs> Both sheds. Yeah, I know. We need a new double shed. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. We had to eliminate the red shed. Yeah, red sheds. Uh, Two of those metal ones side yeah. by side. I wonder. You probably cut a cut uh, the sidewall out. Oh yeah, and have a double double wide. Yeah. Hmm. That's a thought. Ah, uh, but to dream. Yeah. So there you go. We're full of tips, aren't we? Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> you want to read this next one? All right. <laughs> oh, this is apropos. Do you prefer to sand and pre-finish your pieces before assembling? How far do you sand before cutting your joinery? That's from Miles. He's a eat, drink, wine guy on Instagram and also one of our loyal patrons. Well, we're actually we're going through... Um Going through this right now. So we're building this wall unit, and it's all uh, white oak and rift sawn white oak plywood. The doors are uh, Baltic birch with rift sawn uh, white oak veneer that we glued on. And uh, the backs of the cabinet are like, a, it's called Mist by Rubio Monaco. It's like, for all intents and purposes, let's just call it clear. It's yeah. a clear finish, and everything else is black. Yeah, black, black. black. black yeah, intense black pre-color by Rubio Monaco. So there's no finishing that when it's assembled because, no. I mean, we're going to tape it off. It's a it's a rub-on finish. It, yeah. you, it's just impossible. We uh, we did that Anand's job, which was the, the uh, what was it, Charcoal Rubio? Yeah, Charcoal. Yeah, uh, Charcoal Rubio. Um, and it had clear finished backs in maple and we finished those prior to putting them in and we still had issues with, yeah. you know, cause you really have to rub, rub the Rubio completely off. Otherwise, mm -hmm. especially with black with this pre-color, it's not so much a problem cause it, that stuff dries, um, unlike the oil. Um, so yeah, what we did on this one is we finished all the insides we finished the backs. We still have to top coat the insides with the with the oil plus two C. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, we're so we're pre finishing the insides of everything on this job. Yeah, yeah. 
It's nice, too, because you get the flat finish. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the term. Yeah, like trying to rub finish into the corners and stuff on a, on the inside of a cabinet sucks. Yeah, like that that cherry coffee armoire. What, that was that was difficult. Yeah, you know, because you got to move. You, you know, you know. Once you once you get down in the corner, you got to keep that moving. Otherwise, you get that kind of like built up dark yeah, yeah. edge yep. there. Um, yeah, and you you don't want to flood the joint too much because mm -hmm. then um, it might leak out or it's just you know you want to have a nice just a nice even layer finish with a rubbed on kind of thing like that yeah so um typically what do we do though we you know if we're doing something i guess we're we're transitioning to where we're learning to pre pre-finish before assembly yeah i mean it kind of depends on the job mm -hmm. like i i like to i like to try and pre-finish before assembly um on everything, if I can. Sometimes yeah. the, the the workflow dictates. I mean, sometimes you just can't because you you're gonna hold. Maybe I'm gonna hold you up by mm -hmm. doing it that way, or vice versa. Or, yeah. Um, so sometimes the work doesn't allow it, and you have to make that sacrifice of well, we're gonna have to eat shit on the finishing because yeah, we just got to keep the job moving, or you know, get this done so that we can do this. Um. When I first started, I didn't even understand the concept of pre-finishing before assembly. I would just build it and then look at it and go, oh, I got to finish it now, you know, kind of thing. Um, but it's it's got a lot of merits. Mm -hmm. so, Especially for interiors. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why people use pre-finished plywood. Yeah, and, it, and it, physically it's there's a lot of benefits to it. Uh-huh. Um, it just looks better. Yes. There's no yeah. sanding the inside. I'm sorry. There's no sanding the inside of a cabinet once no. it's put together. Unless no. you want to be in there with hand sandpaper. And right. Who's getting paid to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so how far are we sand before joinery? That's another one of those things where it depends. Some yeah. joints want to be sanded after. Some joints want to be sanded before. Yeah. Yeah. And it's different, you know. Uh, one joint you might want to sand the face before and the and the edge at, you know it all depends the other thing is the everything's coming out of our our milling stuff pretty clean i mean it's definitely got to be sanded but yeah. um it comes off the planer it, it's it's clean yeah um so if we're doing doors we we pretty much just go from the planer to joinery to assembly so that we can you know flatten any joints that need to be flattened and, right. and that sort of thing yeah and that's like a deciding factor too like a door no matter how precise the joinery is you gotta flatten the joints mm -hmm. I mean, they're never gonna be right you might get one joint on a door yeah. that's perfect out of four um so it doesn't make sense to sand those beforehand yeah we might run them through the the drum sander just mm -hmm. to you know, thickness everything, remove any little bit of snipe that there might be. Um, so I guess that qualifies, but yeah, like if you're doing like a, we're doing, let's say a, a half lap joint on, you've got to build like an X for something, mm -hmm. for a, whatever, a door or whatever. The, the stuff is coming so clean out of the, uh, um, the planer that even if we sanded that, 
like cut the joinery, fit it, then sanded it, and then put it together, it really shouldn't make that much of a difference in the right. fitment because right. we're we're only taking off, you know, thousands of an inch in, yeah. in sanding. Yeah. Um, on a door like a you know typical door we do has a loose panel and a floating panel. I like to try and get those edges. You know, um, oh, on the inside of the door. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I even try and hit those with just a plane. Yeah. Because um, it's it's faster and yeah. and makes it flatter and straighter, sort of. Yeah. Because you can't, you don't want to sand where the rail butts into the style. Right. Because any deviation, you're going to have a joint that doesn't close right. up. It so if you can take a hand plane, just like a whatever. I use a number four, but I guess a longer plane would be even better mm-hmm. if you had a seven or an eight and just one or two swipes just to get that that chatter off from the joiner um, or the table saw marks, depending on which side you use. But, um, yeah, because, again, you're going to get in there and sand into every little corner. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I have neglected to do that. And then you get then you get cross grain yeah. scratches on the panel because and the yeah. panel's pre finished. You, you put your door together, especially if it's the table saw. You see those little tiny marks, you know. Or if it's cherry, there might be some burns. Oh god! And you, you try and like get in there with your thumb on a piece of. You try and get paper. in there with like a card scraper, and you scratch yeah. the panel. Yeah, that's one of those situations where just like thinking ahead a little bit. Do you save that much time? Let's say you only save an hour, which in the grand scheme of a job isn't that much. And you, this is for like if you're doing like a lot of doors. You, it was still easier mm-hmm. to just hit them with a plane before you put them together yeah. than it is to just like everybody's always focused on the finish line, which is we got to get these doors assembled. But if you take a half hour now and prep all these pieces, then you're going to save an hour on the back end. So yeah. um, I'm all about that prep work where where the goal isn't to just get to the finished product. It's what can I, how many things can I do now that I'm not going to have to do once this is all put together? Oh yeah. I always like to dry fit my doors. You know what I mean? And make, see how everything's going together. Mm-hmm. So when I glue it up, I'm not faced with something like a joint that's a little bit too tight, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't, you, I, I don't like that. If I got to like really hit it down in there with a little mallet means I'm Squishing out all the glue, yeah. one, and that that might crack that. Yeah, that, spread open the the uh, mortise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I always like to dry fit it quickly. You know, make sure I, everything's going to go together. That kind of like pre glue. Yeah, that's kind of how I do it. Like I I like to work on a on a table, up, assemble the door, and then I just take it apart as it lays. Mm-hmm. Put glue on the tenons, put glue in the mortises, and then just clamp it up. Yeah, you know, I, I I dry assemble it in the clamps. Yeah, so then the clamps are already there. You you're putting it back together within the clamps. Right. Um. Yeah. Sometimes there's a little irregularity where it passed through the dado or something like that, and the panel's like too snug in that one mm-hmm. spot. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got a piece that's that's uh, bowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, that's it, and we well of course the panel's got to be finished, you know. Yeah, you at least it. the edges, but yeah, I mean, you got to go through the whole damn thing. If you're doing if you're doing panels, those have to be sanded as much as they're going to get sanded, and uh, we like to finish them first so that there's no little dry marks if there's uh, 
as Seinfeld said, shrinkage. Yeah. <laughs> that and you really, I mean, really, we should be finishing the inside of the, yeah, I mean, yeah. in a perfect world. Yeah. Because you want all the wood to be sealed. But yeah. Um, I don't know if I know anybody who does that. No. Well, we definitely do the panels. And, uh, well, I, I guess, I mean, I guess I do do that. Yeah. Not on, like, if we're building a kitchen, I don't do it. But, like, if, if, uh, like on the, uh, the Dutch door, all of those mortises, the grooves for the yeah, panel, you those are all, all finished. Um, well, that was a special, I mean, that's an exterior door. Yeah, and yeah. But even, even on, like, uh, I would say we built an interior door or something, I would do it because, yeah. It's just uh, for longevity. It's just yeah. a better. You can't do it on seventy-five doors, but <laughs> on a kitchen, you know, there's no. just not that much money and or time no. in it. And it's it's a smaller joint too. You know, uh, those bigger joints gonna the bigger pieces of wood. They're gonna, yeah, you might have a panel that's three quarters of an inch thick. Yeah. All right. Well, what we got a, next? I uh, got one here from Vince, one of our patrons, Rob Vince P on Instagram. Any recommendations on benchtop mortisers? You know, uh, back in the olden days when I was working in the basement, I had a jet benchtop mortiser. Mm -hmm. um, and I could not recommend it. And in general, you know, those are all kind of like the same. That's <laughs> Those are all kind of like the same machines, the the Jet and the Delta and the, the PowerTech. They're they're all those same Taiwanese yeah. uh, machines. Um, now I I was just learning, you know, what tools were going to be in my repertoire, my quiver, so to speak, and I found there was too much deflection for my liking in mm -hmm. that that type of machine. And I and I didn't like like the way the hold down was where you had to move it along uh, to to keep you know traveling to get a, a you know the length of the mortise yeah. done. You had to manually move it. Yeah, or it had a knob where it moved the. Like, no, you had to manually yeah. move it. That's the way all those things were really set yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I even bought um one of those milling vices. Yeah. And tried to like, you know, <laughs> married into my bench chop. It it I still have the milling vice, which was, you know, fine. Excuse me. But it the weakness was still in the bench top mortiser, you yeah, know. Yeah, it yeah. was just as I felt like as I brought it down, it wasn't accurate enough for me. Mm -hmm. Um not repeatable. No, I didn't I didn't think it was. I yeah. didn't think it was a like, uh, that's when I bought the Domino. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I have zero experience with mortising machines, so I don't really have much to offer. But yeah. I'd say that, uh, you know, you're probably going to get what you pay for. So right. if you're going to buy one, make sure it's a good one. That That's, that's what it was. Especially I for like, you want to do mortise and tenons. Right. So it's got to be good. <laughs> Otherwise, don't just do something else. <laughs> exactly. I said this isn't going to cut it. And I know Vince I got a, he's got a Domozilla, so all right. Um, and I was looking at it. back when I bought my Domino, it was about eight hundred bucks for the whole kit. Mm -hmm. um, there are probably quite a bit more you now. I don't probably know. think they might be like eleven hundred now. Yeah. So I was looking at 
do I invest in like a real mortiser? It takes up a lot of room. Mm. Is this going to be like such a dedicated operation in my little shop that I'm going to invest this like table saw kind of money in space into like a real mortiser? Like a freestanding, yeah. Uh So I said, no, I'm going to look for a different avenue. And that's when I went with the domino and, you know, the, the loose mortise and tenon. Yep. Yeah, you can't get the same aesthetic, unfortunately. No. But um, And uh, people who do exposed dominoes, please just stop. <laughs> <laughs> that should be illegal. It really should. <laughs> that's, that's not right. <laughs> I've seen, like, some content creators do it on, like, drawer boxes. Oh, no, like, no. On, no, the domino is a hidden... Joy. <laughs> you gotta do the exposed biscuit. <laughs> oh man, um, you know what joint I really like is like the bridal joint, yeah. like that full on all the way through. Mm-hmm. Ten is nice, but it, it's not an easy joint. It's a to it's a to long pull tenon off. to cut. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's when I bought that that jig, that Delta sliding jig. Yep. Um, but you, you gotta be really careful when you're cutting those joints. So so there's absolutely no deflection or angle. Otherwise you get a a sloppy looking joint and it defeats the whole purpose. Yep. Yeah. I do like a bridal joint. Yeah. Um, and then you pin it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are nice, but, uh, you gotta get paid for that. You know, back in the the early days, I hadn't discovered that dynamic yet. (laughs) Well, we still sometimes. Right, right. It's like, you know, it would look great here. (laughs) There was nobody telling me, you know, Rob, you're going to add four days to this job. (laughs) I mean, even like the doors on this built-in. I mean, really, we could have just made them out of plywood like the rest of the thing. Right. We said, uh, you know, we'll spend $300 on a piece of veneer. But because it's 16 inch, it's a full 16 inch thick veneer. Yeah. Whereas veneer plywood is what, like a 64th if you're uh, lucky? 128th, I think. 128th, so half of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nicer. It's. Yeah, you know, you bang into it, it's not going to be uh, right. a um, problem. And, you know, it was laid up by these guys in Illinois. They cut the veneers, they laid them up. Right. So, you know. Could we yeah. have done that? Yeah, but this one we we decided to buy right. for three hundred bucks. Could we have done it? Um, probably not. No, not not as well as they did it. No, no. I mean that's what they do. Right. So put mm-hmm. it on paper backing, um, and UPS dropped it off uh, on the door. Yeah, love that UPS. Yeah, I mean FedEx. We we have other. Yeah, ordered Rubio monocoat yesterday at. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe about this time, two, three o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon. Well, we had it at eleven uh, thirty. Yeah, o'clock. and it enabled us to put that finish on the backs and everything before the podcast yeah, today, so that we can you know continue fabricating tomorrow. So, it, I mean, we paid we did the- pay fifty two dollars <laughs> in shipping, but but still, from Texas to New Jersey at- in. 24, not even 24 hours. This is where we, I'm glad we agree and we're maybe different from other people. We paid the $52 in shipping because it actually earned us money by being able to do that today. So it sounds like we paid $52, but it, in 
in the big scheme of things, we made money. We made money. Yeah, because we got done today. Right. What we wouldn't be able to get done if, let's say, we paid thirty dollars shipping, we got it at the end of the day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, then today was shot, tomorrow shot, and then Friday we're we're putting finish on. And right. Then that finish has to dry. So then Monday we're gonna start. We're Monday will be where we'll be tomorrow. Right. It holds up the progression of the job. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, we're we're finishing before assembly on this one. So uh, that's good. Yeah, what the hell were we talking about? I think we were talking about Morti- benchtop, benchtop mortisers. mortisers. <laughs> you know what happened to my benchtop mortiser? Uh, Craigslist. I gave it away. Yeah. It was one of those things, like, I would sell stuff on Craigslist, and some, like, somebody who was, like, much more of a newbie than I was would come. Like, oh, man. And, and I would pull, like, one of those things like my wife does. They would be, like, come to buy something, I go... Hey, you want this? Here, take this. That's like Keith. We couldn't get Keith to take our damn miter saw. <laughs> so we, we pawned it off on Manny. Manny. <laughs> <laughs> forgot, about, oh. uh, forgot where it went. All right. If this one starts off with a compliment. Beautiful job on your last project. Uh, that's from Peter, who's uh, Ruster Holtz Woodworking on Instagram. He's on Freehold. Wow. Uh, solid slab fronts versus veneered MDF warping. So yeah, so Peter's talking about the uh, the um, our most recent like post on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's that credenza, the wine cabinet, the mirror wall. So the uh, those doors on and there's two drawers. Those doors they're all solid quartered white oak. Yeah. Um. So he that's what he's referring to. You know why did we go with solid? Uh, versus, you know, a, a, a veneered sheet good. Well, I mean, appearance is the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just nicer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah, are durable. used to set, we're set up to work with solid woods. Yeah, we, we just ha- prefer, you know, making things with solid wood mm-hmm. when budget allows. Right. Um, the edge banding is is... You know, it never really comes off to me like along that that cross grain section. Yeah, yeah, and maybe that's because we our eye will go to that. Yeah, because the client we told the client, you know, that we're like, yeah, look, you see how the grain carries through? Like this was all one board. (laughs) She's like, I didn't even notice. I'm like, how could you? How how could you not notice that? Oh wow. These line up three doors line up per the grain right. perfectly. That this six by three foot slab of wood was yeah. one continuous sliced. thing. Yeah, that we sliced into six individual pieces and then reassembled into three doors. The the cool I mean, her reaction was what I've experienced throughout my whole time. Nobody notices it. Yeah. But once you tell them, they're gonna tell everybody. They, they tell everybody. Now they got something to talk about. Right. It. When people come over, they're gonna go and look what they did here. Yeah, and they're gonna say, "Wow." And what happens is, they start looking at their other stuff, their other furniture sideways. That's the truth. They the more they know about the the furniture that we've made them the better it is for continued uh, work. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so the the edges especially, but just the field. You know, we get to choose the wood. 
and how it looks as yeah, opposed it's to repairable. It, it you know, the kid throws a matchbox car at it, and it gets <laughs> yeah. a dent. We could sand it out and refinish it. Piece of plywood, it's done for. And yep. then you know, let's say you grain match with sheet stock or veneer, you laid up veneer in the shop. The the grain match is gone. There's yeah. no more grain match. Yeah, we could take those back to the shop and plane a sixteenth off the face of all of them and put them back on if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's faster. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We're set up for for that, and we're so the shop set up for it, and our skills are really set up for that. You know, we. We process hardwood so fast. Like today, yeah. we're just sort of like, uh, you know, pissing in the wind, walking like. through those things. Oh, let's mill these things up, and we just do it. Yeah. Um, whereas we don't have to, you know, we don't have to think about it. Whereas the other stuff, we kind of have to finesse it a little bit more. Yeah, like edge banding is a slow process. Even with the Contouro, like if we had an automatic edge bander, it'd be faster. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you're talking about a whole nother. A piece of tool. Um, you know, the thing is, this is quarter saw and white oak. Yeah. So not really worried too much about warping and movement and stuff like that. Like, we wouldn't be doing this it this exact way. There's no battens or anything on those. No. Um, if it was maple or, you know, something yeah. flat sawn, yeah. flat sawn oak or whatever, we would be doing it a different way. Right. You know, whether that's... Uh, um, with veneer or stave core or, uh, you know, putting battens on the back mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, we wouldn't do it this, this exact way, but you know, with quarter sawn Oak, it's pretty, pretty stable. Yeah. Yeah. And the design called for slab. Um, if it's more of like, um, you know, traditional design, we would work breadboard ends into it or mm-hmm. something like that so that it's, uh, yeah. Or just know. a framing panel. Yeah, yeah. Panel door. Uh, so we're not worried about warping, really. No. Well, you know, it also goes to how I mean, we handle the wood, too, when we're milling it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, plywood will warp. Yeah. MDF, not so much, but I just I don't want to give them an MDF door, you know? <laughs> yeah, part of it is... Um, I don't know what would you call that 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 we have a sort of uh, because you know there the client doesn't necessarily look down on that sort of um, construction or the material choices. Right, they want to. They're worried about the final. Yeah, what does it look like from yeah. here to there? Right, uh, and I I see I think we see it more as well. You know. It takes more skill, knowledge, experience to do it this way and have it uh, last, not just last long enough for a photo. Yeah, more labor, more material cost, mm-hmm. um, which, like, uh, we bid this, rebid this, con- I think we talked about this last week, the concierge desk, and, like, to see what that person was giving for right. the price versus what we were giving for the price um, plywood drawer boxes. Yeah, like a lot of people complain about how it's hard to make money as a cabinet maker, but if we were doing all the things that other people are doing, we'd be yeah. raking in the money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, 
we don't get the job because we cost more because we're trying to give a better product. Right. If we lowered what, you know, I don't want to say lowered our standards, but if we changed the way that we did things, then we would lower our prices significantly. Right. And right. we'd be able to, you know, we'd be so busy, we wouldn't even know what the hell to do with ourselves. Right. There's plywood drawer boxes with no joinery is what he was pricing we're, while we were solid maple with dovetail joinery. Yeah. Um. And that was just one of the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, our original uh, quote had all, had all sorts of you know more uh, time consuming elements in Frame it. Frame inset, five piece walnut doors with right. book match panels. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but the client's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the and that's the problem is the client doesn't know. That's what I that was. Uh, where I was trying to go, yeah. you know, the client doesn't know. The client doesn't care that, you know, we're a couple thousand more and you're going to get a solid walnut door versus a MDF with a walnut veneer. They they don't know nor care mm-hmm. that what we're giving them is worth, you know. Yeah. The thing is, in a commercial application especially, Oh yeah. come back in five years and see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, where that there there'll be elements of that MDF door and plywood drawer and all that stuff. There'll be elements of that job that are just trash mm-hmm. because it just won't withstand the the daily use. Yeah. Um, yeah, some janky side mount slides. <laughs> but it looks great from across the room the day you put it in. Yeah. Um and that's the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're content, I think. Uh, you know, yeah, doing what we do. All right, where are we now in our questions? We got our uh, last question here from Miles again. Uh, Eat, drink, wine guy, one of our patrons. Do you use polyurethane if you need a more durable finish, or is tongue oil still your go-to? Well, we we did use some poly on that. Uh, commercial countertop, didn't we? Yeah, so we built uh, for the um, the job up in Newark a what was it twelve foot long? Yeah, twelve uh, by about twenty four, twenty four deep. I don't think it was two feet. I think it was like a foot and a half or something like that, wasn't it? No, the desks were eighteen. I think it was oh, twenty four. Was, was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah like a, I think you're right. Yeah, twelve foot by two foot countertop that was going to be in a window. With a lot of seating in front of it and stuff, and we actually um, we went with polyurethane on that. I mean, it's definitely not the best finish, but for us and our shop, <clears throat> we don't have a spray booth, you know. And there's 2K polys and all these other you know sprayable uh, finishes, but we're just not really set up for that. No, and uh, you know, for us, that was the best choice that we could. Yeah, one, you know, yeah, one of the best choices for a, a durable. Um, finish, you know, an oil-based polyurethane, not water-based. Right. right. So, yeah, I guess... Um, it doesn't it certainly doesn't have a home in the shop like a permanent... No. It just was like a one-off kind of thing, but... Um, uh, again, commercial, yeah. a lobby, um, so it's like a public space. Yeah. Like in a home, uh, in a home, it's less of a concern because there's a homeowner who is going to have some upkeep like right. this, 
you know, you we know, knew can it was imagine gonna, what kind of people are going to be working in this. Posh place. chemicals. Yeah, yeah, like people spilling coffee on it, and you know, not many uh, people working to like keep an eye on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I could just see these things slipping through the cracks and this thing getting, you know, totally ruined and uh, it ultimately probably falling on yeah. our shoulders. So, And, and we've seen um, pieces after they've been abused and mm-hmm. uh, we've gone back and repaired them. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, mistreated, those things can, can go downhill fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to call back. So, so I think uh, I think it was a good choice. You know, we did like four coats of oil-based poly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, poly is a, uh, it, it looks good on certain woods. Yeah. This is some nice dark, well, like black walnut, right? Yep. Um, but in general, we're not going to go with that. No, no. Um, um, can I mean... What were some other alternative finishes we've uh, used as far as durability? Can you remember anything else? Um, you know, we used the uh, pre-catalyzed lacquer on the that Manny sprayed the oh, mirror yeah. wall with. You know, a black black lacquer. Yeah, that um, looks nice. Um, I mean, we really stick to like the tongue oil and the Rubio. We did mm-hmm. the gleam. What about Gleam 2.0 on the Dutch door? What did we use on those uh, phone booths? Was it just... Uh, no, it was just Rubio. Just Rubio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those will probably uh, hold up better up there. In that, those yeah, that's not going to be in the sun, direct sunlight like mm-hmm. that. And, um, yeah, those came out pretty good. And uh, we used that Rubio, what they call, uh, was it exterior Rubio on the, on the coffee thing? Call it hybrid wood protector. Yeah, they got that cream now. Wood cream. Rubio wood cream. Vertical surfaces only. <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah. <laughs> it must be not that not that protective. I guess. I mean, if you, shed water. if you can't put like a glass down on it or something like that, because they say it's what, hydrophobic or hydroscopic? Uh, hydrophobic. Hydrophobic. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I guess, like, look at our table there. Yeah, <laughs> that's from just, last uh, week. The, I, I don't think. know if that's tongue oil or if that's. Do you see those rings right there? Oil. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's actual beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't come down here and clean uh, no. after the podcast. Um, so there you go. There you have it. Yeah, well, we'll rattle off the question of the week, which we'll do in the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's from our buddy Manny. Too many mistakes on Instagram. One of our patrons. Follow your own current or ride the wave. Even philosophical. I was going to say poetic. Yeah. Poetic in a sense. Um, Yeah, that gives us something to ponder. That's like a Fallout Boy lyric. <laughs> that's, that's some inside humor there. Manny's favorite band, for the record. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ultimate fan. If, if you're looking for it to gift Manny too many mistakes, anything from Fallout Boy. Or T- Woodpeckers. Yeah, T-shirts. Bandanas. Maybe like a journal. Oh, yeah. Um, pins. Pins, yeah. For like a denim jacket. Yeah, patches, stickers. Yeah, um, yeah what else? What other kind of paraphernalia would those guys have? 
Like, like one a, of those like weird like conductor kind of hats. Oh yeah. What about like what uh like uh, those plastic Halloween masks? <laughs> With the elastic strap on the back, like you know, like Kiss would have. You know, with the they would have like the makeup and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know if they make those for Fallout Boy. Fallout Fallout Boy makeup kits. Mm. So there you go. Uh, when when's Manny's birthday? I think it's coming up. Yeah. So uh, listeners, see what Fallout see what we can, Boy merch. See what you could do for Manny. Too many mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> Ticket concert tickets. That's a that's an option. They might be coming close Fall, to New Jersey. Fallout Boy near you. Backstage passes. <laughs> you know, or, or it could be like, let's say you were like a, a DIY kind of person, which maybe many of our listeners are. You could print out the lyrics to a Fallout Boy song with like, uh, you know. Engraved into a charcuterie yeah, board. Yeah. Or, you know, with, um, what's that called when you write with calligraphy? Yeah. Uh, um, like a wall hanger thing. Yeah. yeah you could do needle yeah. point. Yeah. You could like do a needle point that you hang on the wall. Right, it's right. Like sugar, we're going down swinging. <laughs> Is that one of their That's songs? Of their lyrics, oh yeah. my god! <laughs> no wonder he loves them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he fits the bill as the ultimate fan. <laughs> oh god! Well, he's we'll gonna, stop, we'll stop he's gonna poke, kill us. <laughs> we'll stop poking fun. Uh. We let's thank the patrons. Then we'll talk about the beer. We got our gold tier patrons: Jerry Green and David Murphy, Manny Siriani, Dustin Fair, Adam Pothas, David Shoemaker, Con Lai, Keith Drennan, and Corey Ty. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, I just polished off my glass. Yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. It was a little sour, but once you get used to it, it's it's pretty enjoyable. Um. It's no, uh, what is that, slush punch? Yeah. Um, but this is a pretty broad category for me where they infuse like a fruit kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. I don't know if, if technically all those beers fit into the same category. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Not really, but. Yeah, I can kind of taste the tea as an aftertaste. Like I'm. It's definitely more lemonade than tea, mm-hmm. and lemonade is even sort of a stretch because it's not sweet. No, it's lemon. It's sour, yeah. sour lemon. <laughs> it's like imagine you had like a, like iced tea that had been sitting and the ice melted, and you squeezed about like six lemons in there. Yeah, I mean it does say sour ale, right? Yeah, on. yeah. I'm a big fan of sours, um, you know, because usually they're. They're sort of clean mm-hmm. and uh, and refreshing. Um, this was good. Yeah. I would definitely like some more tea. Maybe dial back the lemon just a hair. That would be interesting um, to be in on like a, a tasting panel like that where you could uh, say, give me, you know, about 50% less lemon and yeah. 25% more tea. Problem with beer is it takes weeks to make. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is probably like three guys. It's like us. They're like coming in. Yeah. yeah, that table looks great. You think you can lower it by about three inches? <laughs> Change that trestle. Give us five to minutes. Pedestal. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> we'll uh, that right up. <laughs> so for uh, all you uh, 
what do we call them? Gold tier patrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up, we'll have our after after show with our question of the week. Yeah, for Manny. All right, so we're going to bid farewell for this uh, uh, next to last episode, penultimate episode of the year, of season one. Yeah, we're going to be with season two in two weeks. Tune in for our retrospective next week. Yeah, we're going to have to think long and hard. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next week. Take episode care. Fifty two.